listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. This is Pharmacy Crossroads with your host, community pharmacy business veteran, the road trip guy, Bruce Leland. Community pharmacy is at a crossroads. Pharmacy owners across the country are evolving their pharmacy businesses and making a bigger impact on their communities. Bruce talks with the most innovative community pharmacy owners, pharmacy industry experts, and people who are passionate about the business of pharmacy and its impact on community health care. Pharmacy Crossroads is a member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. And now, here's our host, Bruce Neeland. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads. My name is Bruce Neeland, and I get to be your host. Today, we've got two amazing people on the on the line with us, and I'm excited to chat with both of them. Uh, first of all is Chris Schaffner. Chris owns a pharmacy in the state of Washington. Uh, I met him a few months ago while I was on one of my road trips. And along with him was a double bonus. He brought a, a friend and a colleague by the name of Tara Fund. Tara is with a company called Assure Care. And uh, Chris has been an early adopter of uh, the programs that they provide. And, and uh, what the program is being brought to you today by Assure Care. And we're grateful to them for this. But more importantly, we're grateful for what they're doing to help pharmacists. Uh, and, and Chris will talk a little bit about that. So first of all, Chris, uh, just a minute about who you are and what you're what you're doing in your pharmacy. Then Tara will ask you to say hello as well. Yeah, absolutely, Bruce. Thanks for the introduction. Um, yeah, My name is Chris Schaffner. I'm a single store pharmacy owner in uh, northern Washington state, uh, kind of closer to the Canadian border. Um, we have your, I think, typical independent pharmacy. We're deeply rooted in the community. Uh, my ties go back, you know, way back there. And uh, it's truly a pleasure to get to serve our community. I think we are, um, you know, we've tried to be on the cutting edge of everything throughout the pandemic and then post-pandemic. And so we spent the last year after COVID came, uh, calmed down really working on medical billing and trying to be able to build third parties for our clinical services, not just our dispensing services. And I think that's why we're here to talk today. It's just kind of, you know, what we've discovered and uh, the opportunities we see in doing that. And AssureCare and Tara specifically, and some of her team, Crystal and Brian, have been uh, big helpers in us achieving our goals to date uh, through that program. Well, and I, I know I saw yesterday uh, on Facebook or LinkedIn a, a copy of some bills that you were actually sending out, and we'll get to that in a minute. So, Tara, good good morning and hello to you, and tell us who you are and where you came from. Good morning to you, too. It's great to see you again. Um, I come from long history and working in community pharmacy and doing a lot of different medical billing pilots and helping pharmacists kind of be able to bill as a pharmacist provider. And so it's been great the last couple of years working with AssureCare and really proving out from start to finish the entire process of pharmacists being credentialed and enrolled and supported and implementing new programs, billing for them and getting paid. And so it's been my pleasure to work with Schaffner Pharmacy along the way. Well, thank you for that. And and again, I'm glad that our paths have crossed and we had a chance to meet. Chris, I'm going to go back and ask you to correct something that you said. You said a typical pharmacy. Um, 
And I'm not going to ask you to say anything about that, but I'm going to say you're far from typical. So you're accomplishing a lot of things that other people don't even yet have on their wish list, which is why we're chatting today. So first of all, I, I do know that we've caught you early in the morning down in Florida attending the NCPA um, multiple locations conference. I suspect it actually starts today. But how's it happened that you're there and, and what are you expecting to accomplish down there? You know, you're right. Uh, the programming in earnest starts today. Last night was the reception and just some, some socializing during the day, uh, which is really, as you know, where the true value is in a lot of these conferences. Um, my specific goals, really, it's I think we're at a, a point in our pharmacy journey where we're deciding, you know, is it time for another location? You know, we've looked at several in the past. And so talking to owners here who have gone down that road and asking them, you know, what they look for, if they're still in the market, you know, how things have changed with the current landscape, you know, does that change the metrics they're looking at? It was just to kind of put a pulse on that. But also when I looked at the weather and I saw it was going to be 13 degrees back home, it was a great chance to go somewhere warm. So <laughs> I'm excited. The energy is great here. Uh, the people are great. Uh, we had great conversations last night at the reception. So I'm, I'm very excited for what the next couple of days bring. Well, it, it you know, it's been years since I've been able to get to that meeting, but it's clearly one of my favorites, the the pace and the opportunity to, to really chat with people. It slows down. It's a smaller meeting and you get past, hi, how are you? And what's, you know, what's going on? Tell me about your family. You get to really chat with people about the nuts and bolts of their operation. So, so with that, we're going to move on to why we're really here. So uh, Tara and and Chris, you'll recall, I know it was a highlight of my trip, but uh, last September, we met in Michelle Belcher's pharmacy in Grants Pass, Oregon, and uh, you had a chance to, to dig a little bit deeper on what this Assure Care is. So what, what I want to know uh, very briefly, what is Assure Care, but more importantly, tell me what you actually do with patients that you get to charge off to an insurance company. And, you know, what does that encounter look like? And and how do you get people to come in and do that? That's that's bigger than a bread box. But tell me, put put a put a border around this Assure Care and medical billing. Absolutely. AssureCare, actually, we're uh, our core population health management software company, um, and we support the entire spectrum of uh, the healthcare system, really putting the patient at the center. So we have a lot of health plans that are our clients, and we also have large national chains using us for medication therapy management, as well as the EHR and provider services that physicians across the country and internationally are using. And so we've kind of taken together all those different pieces and kind of dubbed off a spinoff we've titled AssureRx, which is really layering in at its core that EHR with all those supporting provider services, uh, components of population health or care management, case management, and medication therapy management components in a singular platform. And then again, services is the other big piece. We've really seen that it's not um, a single solution of just technology to really transform practice. It's pulling together a lot of different pieces, including marketing and kind of functioning as a clinical coordinator, helping them become familiar with how to chart and code in EHR, um, and then working with teams for things such as credentialing and revenue cycle management. This episode of Pharmacy Crossroads is brought to you by AssureCare. 
As a population health and technology company, AssureCare has developed a new service and software solution for pharmacist providers called AssureRx. The AssureRx program enables pharmacies to generate revenue from medical billing for clinical programs, MTM initiatives, and value-based care models. It is inclusive of credentialing and enrollment, clinical toolkits, RCM, and implementation concierge services. AssureCare is committed to providing people with quality care by enabling pharmacists to provide reimbursement patient care programs. Now, back to our program. The first correction to my impression is you're not an insurance company. You contract with insurance companies to help them perform better. And part of this is working with pharmacists for enhanced care. Um, well, we're actually a technology company. Okay. And we, so our main clients, our probably largest clients are insurers, uh, but we also have pharmacy clients as well as uh, pro- traditional provider, physician, chiropractor, nurse practitioner clients as well. Okay. So Chris, how did you find out about this and, and what do you do? Um, gosh, well, I learned about this, you know, I started diving deep into this at APHA last year uh, in San Antonio, uh, specifically talking with Michelle Belcher, uh, because I knew she was going down this road. And at the time, I didn't know much about uh, AssureCare. I knew a couple other vendors in the space. And, you know, we're, we're very lucky in Washington. We have provider status and provider parity due to some great legislation that was passed several years back. But I hadn't done anything with it at the time. You know, I, I had started the credentialing process, um, but you know, we were interrupted by COVID. And honestly, it's it's kind of a cumbersome and very slow process. So I would start it and stop it. You know, just kind of way the way the the independent owner squirrel like mind works. You know, you pick up a project and then there's a hundred other things to do. So I never made any headway on it. So um, after APHA decided that this is something we're going to try to focus on this next year, and uh, you know, AssureCare has been huge, uh, hugely helpful in not just getting credentialed and enrolled, which really is the first step. But like Tara said, they've supported me with these clinical service implementation kits and really just great people that are helping to drive this change in our pharmacy. I think even prior to doing this, we were, when I say typical, I just say typical because I think there's a lot of really great independents around the country that I've learned so much from. And so we had a extremely robust uh, vaccine and testing program prior to you know our, our medical billing sort of adventure, and that laid the foundation for the clinical services we're providing. You asked, you know, what are we doing? Uh, we do a ton of testing for COVID, flu. Um, we're starting strep now, and so we implemented test to treat programs uh, mid year last year for all of those disease states. And so those are primarily what we're we're billing for this time. We also do chronic disease state management. So uh, focusing right now on hypertension. And so to bring the patients in for that, we've set up partnerships and and referral streams with local providers. And we just have, just like most independent pharmacies, we have great relationships with the providers in our area. So those those referrals are are much more natural and organic. Uh, but again, a huge piece of it is marketing these services and letting our community know that, hey, we're so much more than just a place to get your medications. We're truly a healthcare destination, and we can do all of these things for you. And with the shortage that we see in primary care right now, uh, we're a great option to help manage your diabetes, your blood pressure, your cholesterol. And uh, yeah, SureCare has really helped provide me with um, you know like the technology support, but also the human support of getting a lot of these things rolling and not letting them sit idle for months at a time. 
it's been a great, I guess they're coaches in, in one way too. It's really helping to drive the change. Uh, the part about the fact that they're hands-on and helping is, is more critical than I think people understand or realize you can read a manual, but if somebody comes in and helps you figure out how to do it, that's important too. So, I mean, for example, I, I have hypertension. So my doctor tells me that I'm not doing a good job controlling my hypertension. And he suggests I go see you. Do I, do I make an appointment with you to do, to come in for an evaluation? What do I do as a patient? Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, it starts at the, it can start that way. That's one of the ways we get patients and um, the physicians can, they have a referral form that they can work off of because we need to have your labs and all that current data that, that gives us a baseline. But yeah, somebody from our pharmacy will reach out um, and schedule an appointment, just like all of our vaccines and testing is all done on an appointment basis to try to help better control the craziness in the pharmacy. But also these hypertension visits are a half an hour. So we really do need to have dedicated pharmacist time ready uh, to receive you. And so, yeah, you'd make an appointment, you come in and we follow a, a sort of a, a predetermined visit schedule, you know, hitting different topics at each visit to sort of work through, um, you know, educating patients on why blood pressure is important, how to correctly monitor at home. You know, the next visit is a diet and exercise component, you know, salt intake. And then eventually, you know, depending on where the patient's at, we're also, we have full uh, collaborative drug therapy agreements after that referral comes through that we can completely manage that patient's hypertension medication. So if we need to make changes or escalate doses uh, or add an agent, we have the, uh, the uh the leeway to do that um so but wow you know, it's really a comprehensive program it's not just the meds right where typical providers they they're diagnosing that in office and they're making med changes because that's all the time they have we're going to try to look at this holistically but you know obviously as pharmacists we're always keeping an eye on those drugs right and then and then you i mean you have these sessions plural i guess and after each session, you get to bill the in, insurance company and, and get paid? Correct. Yeah, it's, we bill it just as a, an office visit like your physician would if they were spending 30 minutes with you. Um, we're in network with the my myself and my two pharmacists. Currently, I have one new pharmacist who's not yet credentialed. But, um, you know, the three of us are credentialed and enrolled with all of the major payers in Washington minus a couple large vertically integrated ones that um, I'm sure people on the West coast are familiar with. Yeah. But um, yeah, so we have that ability to see them at this time, you know, we are, you know, we're, we're eventually, I guess, as we get busier, we'll focus just on our, our in-network insurers at this time, you know, we can take all comers, you know, it's, it's trying to grow the practice and, and sort of spread the word that, this is the future of pharmacy. This is what we are great at. Uh, send us your patients. We're going to help the patients and your clinic, you know, get everybody to goal here. And so, uh, 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 Tara, is this rolled out state by state? I mean, can any pharmacist contact you and, and start doing this? Or what, what would be the parameters for who can who can participate? Yeah, we're early on in the, we're trying to do a real uh, quality 
approach versus quantity. We've had a lot of great interest, um, but right now we're targeting five states, a lot in the West Coast, Oregon and Washington. Um, we're also doing a lot of programs based around payer opportunities as well. So the ability to um, be paid not only just for a fee for service model, but also for outcomes. So kind of a pay for performance model. So we're primarily doing um, stores based upon those types of opportunities, as well as uh, currently Utah, Arkansas and Tennessee. Um, however, we do on our website have an interest form and we are looking at expanding to additional stores in those states as well as additional states soon. So that's probably the best way to reach out. Um, we started kind of with our co-designers, which was Michelle Belcher at Grants Pass, as Chris mentioned, and um, he kind of the, the three of us worked together and my team to kind of really figure it out. And we're still doing a lot of trial and error in those two locations and then kind of passing it down to our other co-designers or early adopters as we go so that they can have a little bit of a paved path. But then the idea is that the next batch of stores will have um, a little bit less trial and error and a lot more just um, delivery of programs and services. Services. Um, well, thank you. Thank you for that. And I think with that, Chris, we're going to move on to a little bit, a couple of the other things that are going on in your remarkable, typical pharmacy. So uh, I, I've been delighted to check out your website and, and see this picture of you and your staff in front of your pharmacy. Um, <laughs> it, somebody did a really good job with that picture. It's just captivating. Uh, tell our listeners what I'm talking about. Yeah, you know, we were honored to win uh, the best pharmacy award for our county for 2022. I think, you know, most counties or chambers of commerce, um, business districts have different competitions like that, where your community votes for their favorite, uh, you know, establishment in each particular business genre, you know, hair salons, restaurants, pharmacy. Um, I've never been much of a popularity contest kind of person, but this year, I thought, you know what, um, I think it'll make our staff really proud if they can have this honor. So we we put up some social media buzz about it. You know, we're pretty active with our community on social media and, you know, encouraged our patients, you know, to vote for us. And we had a tremendous amount of support, which was really great. The funny thing was the organization that was running the contest didn't let us know that we were even a finalist. So they have a big gala in the fall where they invite the three finalists in each category and then they hand out the winner's award, kind of like the Oscars. Um, but we didn't get that invitation. So we found out after the event that we were actually the winners. Um, so we held our own ceremony with our own trophies. I just brought a bunch of my tennis trophies from college in. Uh, we took our own picture. Um, and it, I think it's it was more fun that way because it gives us a story and something for our, our, our employees to talk to our patients about. Um, but we're so thankful. I mean, we couldn't have those things without our wonderful patients and the people who support us along the way. So it's, it's an honor to get to serve them. And it's really an award for them more than us. Well, and you know, I want to dig deeper a little bit. And I don't know that there's a magic bullet or whatever, but obviously you have a staff that, that goes above and beyond with patient care if you're going to win some kind of award even if you do figure out how to stuff the ballot box people aren't going to vote for you unless they really want to uh, i mean is there a, a trick a tip a tactic you have for acquiring and training and and getting your employees to care about what they do you know i i think i'm, I'm just very blessed and lucky that i have great people um both of all my technicians have been with me over 10 years, even before I own the pharmacy. And so we all have a, you know, sort of a similar style, but 
I think we just set an extremely high level of expectation that um, excellence is the baseline. That's all we're going to accept. So when new employees come in, they see that that's the culture, that this isn't somewhere where you can just show up, punch the clock and, and skate by doing the minimum that you really going above and beyond is the absolute expectation every single day. So that, and eventually like that just becomes habit and routine. And, um, you know, we try to be really encouraging. We try to keep things really fun. We have a coffee shop within the pharmacy. Uh, so that creates a little bit extra buzz and everybody is, you know, buzzing with caffeine the whole day. Uh, so it, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's a very symbiotic relationship between those two businesses. Um, and it's just, it, it sort of tickles my fancy when I, I look out from the pharmacy and I see our whole lobby filled with people having meetings and, uh, celebrating or studying in our, in our lobbies, coffee shop. So it's, um, I think it's fun for everybody. And, you know, it, it's sort of this positive feedback loop too. The, every day patients come in and tell them how much they love the pharmacy and how much they appreciate what they do. And so they, they get that constant, uh, feedback and encouragement every day. And I think that that goes a long way to providing a high level of job satisfaction. So I, I can't really take credit for it myself. I think that I just have great people who have, really thrived in our system. Well, and I, I mean, a, a couple things that I know people talk about, and I just run a couple of them off. I mean, do you have store meetings? Do you have some kind of metrics that you share with the staff and celebrate when you've achieved them? I mean, is there some tactics in here that you would encourage other people to emulate? You know, admittedly, Bruce, I'm probably not the best at those things. It's something I've tried to improve recently. Um, and that's something actually AssureCare has helped with is sort of putting in more, I guess, corporate structure in place. So most of what we do is, yeah, we, we try to have a staff meeting once a month. You know, the nature of pharmacy is we all work together, rubbing elbows every single day. So as things comes up, we typically address them on the spot. But um, with so much change the past few years, we've definitely had dedicated meetings where we talk about a particular service and how it's going to work. And then we get feedback from the staff after a few days of doing that and change things. So I think that everybody knows that they are, are not just following orders, but they're very much a part of the implementation process. And then, yes, we do. I do. I try to buy lunch. I used to buy coffee all the time. Now that we have the coffee shop, I, I don't <laughs> have to do that. You know, we, we bring lunch in. we were part of an epilepsy study with the university of Washington and our pharmacy was the first to complete all the training and the, and turn in all the required documentation to the university to participate. So when we got that email, you know, I I went out and got pizza for the staff because you know, yeah, it's it's important to celebrate those those little victories and know that you know that's that stuff matters, especially to me as the owner. And um, we try to do that as as much as possible for sure. Um, you know, you try to get people out for dinners, you know, quarterly. It's tough. You know, people are busy with their families, but we do our best to to let them know that there there's so much more than just employees. Yeah. And, and yeah, I mean, it, it's a team and you have to win as a team. And, you know, in, in my experience, you know, that's probably one of the toughest things I see the average. And quite frankly, it, you know, the statistics indicate half the pharmacies are below average. And when you start visiting with those pharmacies, like I've done over my career, it, you know, it's clear that the owner hasn't had the ability to set a culture of, excellence, a culture of uh, above and beyond, a culture of of caring, you know, not about the paycheck and not about how many scripts we fill, but, you know, truly caring about the people. And, um, 
you know, I visited a pharmacy a couple of years ago and, uh, you know, heard stories about how, you know, the staff uh, knew that there was some lonely people and, you know, they stop on the way home and rent a, a video and, and go in and watch it with one of their customers. And, you know, those kinds of things just inspire me. And I wonder how you get people to, to do that above and beyond stuff. And, and I, I won't put you on the hot spot and ask you any more about that other than to kind of emphasize uh, you're, you, if you're a pharmacist and you own a pharmacy and you're listening to this podcast, first of all, you're above and beyond above average because you're doing something proactive like that. But the, one of the first places to start to, to move the, the, the needle on income and, and uh, professional uh, satisfaction is figure out how to build a team. Um, that's just a critical success idea. And yeah, I think that, a great book. Going along with that, Bruce, if I may, uh, I think a great book for owners and managers in the pharmacy community is Extreme Ownership by uh, Jocko Willenick, uh, an ex-SEAL Team 3 uh, team guy. And you know, I think that small unit military leadership is very similar to pharmacy leadership. Um, and so it talks about, you know, in our in our pharmacy, all of the victories and all the praise that gets passed to the to the employees, right? That's their doing. Any shortcomings or failures in an extreme ownership model are that of the the manager or the boss, which in my case is myself, right. right? So you take the blame and you give them credit for the success. And if you look at things that way, it's a, it's a great model for pharmacy leadership. There's the way we work, right? We're hand in hand, elbow to elbow with people every single day. I, I, I like that SEAL team idea because you're talking small units doing hard jobs and uh, everybody depends on everybody else. Um, that's a cool analogy. The name of that book again is what? Extreme Ownership. He's written several, but that was the first. And I think it's probably the most, if you're gonna read one, that's the most poignant of his books. So Tara, I'm gonna put you on the hot spot. I don't wanna hear about a sure care from you, but I wanna hear an observation you have about Chris and his pharmacy. Uh, what what would be one or two things that, that he does, is doing that, you think make him outstanding and other pharmacists should emulate? <laughs> um, I would say definitely one of the things that we've noticed as me and my team have been out there and worked with, alongside him and his team, his um, staff is basically is absolutely how the community um, really does feel taken care of and really personally committed to his location. You can tell they know everybody by name and they really have that um, personal touch. They love to say hi. I see him in the coffee shop telling us how they've been coming in for years and it's their favorite place to go. And I mean, we've only been up there a handful of times, but uh, I see the same patients even sometimes. So I would absolutely say it's the way that the community really truly embraces and is proud of his pharmacy, his coffee shop and his team and, and the way that they feel taken care of. It's It's very unique. Really, really good leadership, definitely to to make the community step up like that. Well, yeah, it's your the community pharmacy piece. It's kind of important that you be involved in the community. So that's thank you. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 beyond even being involved. I mean, they really truly are personally committed and passionate, and almost feel like family. Like his his one of his taglines that I think he uses in his websites and marketing materials is, you know, we treat you like your family here. And and I think that they really do live by that. It's like the Olive Garden. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Chris, we'll kind of in uh, close out on this theme of um, state pharmacy associations, pro or con? 
Oh, absolutely pro. Um, obviously, I'm biased. Both Tara and I sit on the board for the Washington State Pharmacy Association. Um, but the, you know, I guess we all kind of bemoan our profession at times and the situations we find ourselves in. Uh, but the only way we see change is through our, our professional associations that help drive advocacy and legislation. And so that starts at, at the state level. And so getting involved in state association has helped me feel personally invested and responsible for my profession and helping to ensure that it continues to be viable going forward. Uh, we all know the challenges that our industry faces. Um, and at times it's overwhelming and depressing, but knowing that we're actively working on the, the front lines to help pass legislation, regulate the entities that are, are truly putting patients in harm's way, uh, I think that's tremendously important. And and honestly, selfishly, I've met some really incredible people who have made me better, a better leader, better person, a better pharmacist and owner. So I've gotten so much more out of it than I've put in um, that I, I would recommend it to everybody. At the minimum, join your association. Your dues go a long way to helping ensure that your practice remains viable. But if you have time, you know, attend a meeting, be social, step out of your comfort zone and and I think you'll be surprised how much you actually get out of it. Tara, chime in. I couldn't agree more. I think the professional network is very, very important um, that you get out of it, as well as the idea sharing. Um, one of my biggest things, I think, sometimes is bringing people together and, and seeing the magic that can happen when various leaders from different backgrounds come together with a common goal of continuing to support patient care by pharmacists. And so that's absolutely been one of the things that I've um, really starting in my residency year all the way back in 2009. I was lucky enough to be um, pretty involved with people that at the time were on the board, I think maybe even president of the state association. And so that's really where I got exposure to it out in Washington and haven't really not been engaged since. So I, I couldn't agree more. Well, you know, I'm not a pharmacist and I live in Arizona. I'm a member of the Arizona Pharmacy Association. Um, when I was in Pennsylvania, I was a member of the Pennsylvania Pharmacist Association and actually was on the board there for a little over a year and I, I still have friends, you know, 20 years later from my my work in Pennsylvania. Um, and what's amazing to me is, is that those who were on the board with me, you know, 15, 16 years ago, are still opened and still growing and and leaders in the CPESN movement and you know just accomplishing great things in their communities and 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 I don't think that happens by accident. I, I think it's a yin yang kind of thing. You get out, you get involved, um, you help other people do something and then you gain the skills to do them better yourself. That would be my pitch and and from a practical standpoint, all of your state rules, the laws and regulations come from your state and the state association is the people who are closest to those to influence those and and have a, a significant presence with the state boards of pharmacy as well. So it's an absolute must a professional obligation, in, in my opinion. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to the time to end this thing. Chris, I'm going to go to you one last time for you to lead a cheer or a challenge or provide a piece of advice that you'd like to leave my listeners with. 
Yeah. Well, first of all, Bruce, thanks for having us on. Uh, it's an honor to be a guest and, and I, I always love telling people about our pharmacy. I think um, it's something that, you know, we were featured in, uh, I think, is it MCPA's American Pharmacist Magazine last year for was an article we did on social media, just telling pharmacists to continue to spread the word, however they do that, you know, in their communities about all of the great work that they're doing. Be proud of it. Scream from the rooftops. Let everybody know how valuable community pharmacy is and why it's important to make sure we maintain access to, to community pharmacy for our patients in our communities. Um, that's probably my my pitch. And that, that goes back to being involved with your state association. But even on a small level, every day, you know, if you're a pharmacy owner or if you're a pharmacist or technician and assistant, um, you know, be proud of what you do. Scream from the rooftops just how great you are. Uh, it's, it's really important that uh, we continue to have the support of our the people in our neighborhoods for, um, you know, the, the politicians pay attention to that, the legislature legislators do. And so uh, we need that support. Yeah, you do. And it'll remind me of the the one little comment that I'm accustomed to making is when it comes to fighting the PBMs, the PBMs have the money, but the community pharmacists have the people. And uh, we, we need to be able to find ways to let people know and understand um, that um, legislation needs to be passed to to kind of regulate these PBMs and to change that business model. So with that, I'm going to say goodbye. This is Bruce Neeland, and thanks for listening to another episode of Pharmacy Crossroads, where our goal is to help pharmacy owners do more and be better. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Crossroads. If you're interested in talking with Bruce, please contact the show. Visit PharmacyCrossroads.com. We look forward to hearing from you.